Welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, the Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the stories of women who are going through their own journey. And we're talking about the struggles that they've had, the lessons they've learned, and giving advice to anyone who might be going through something similar in their own life. And today my guest is Shalini Darna, and she is an accountant and financial health advocate. And as a CPA, she educates and empowers business owners to love their numbers and use them to make informed business decisions. Numbers aren't scary, but making changes necessary to improve your finances can be overwhelming. That's where Darna's CPA comes in. With guidance and expert advice, your financial goals can become reality. Outside of tax planning and financial strategy, Shalini does public speaking engagements on various financial literacy topics. Her goal is to help you get financially healthy, both in your business and personal finances. So welcome, Shalini. Thank you for having me. So Shalini, why don't we get started with um, the part of your journey that you want to talk about today? So for me, the biggest pivot in my career came when I became a mom, actually. I had somewhat of a tumultuous corporate career. It was during the recession of 2010. So I had been restructured, let go, and I'd finally found a job at the Ministry of Education where I really enjoyed what I was doing and actually felt appreciated. You know, for the first time in my career, people were saying, thank you. Um, which in my world was unheard of. And so I loved what I did, but it was a two hour commute each way from where I lived, which before kids, two hours on the go train or driving had no impact to me. But once I became a mother, that changed everything. Now, all of a sudden I'm trying to think of daycares and okay, who's going to do drop off, pick up my husband while supportive his career was and still is very volatile. At any moment, a crisis can happen or somebody can request something and he has to deliver. So he was not dependable in terms of being able to say, okay, I can consistently do a drop-off or a pickup. So it all kind of fell to my shoulders, which a lot of women who are listening to this probably feel the same way that they have to figure it out all. Um, And so I had to make a decision and that decision ended up being leaving my job at the Ministry of Education and joining my father in our accounting practice. Ah, and so what was that transition like? It's been a struggle. There's pros and cons to working with family. And to be honest with you, joining the family business had never been on my radar. While I followed the accounting footsteps, Um, For me, accounting was kind of a process of elimination because I didn't know what else I wanted to be when I grew up other than maybe a dolphin trainer, (laughs) which is not realistic living in Canada. Right. um, So I became an accountant, but I never really thought I would take over the accounting practice. It had never really, it was never an option for me. I didn't really think I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And My father and I are way too similar in certain ways that we often butt heads. Right. (laughs) Um, And so that has been a challenge. Um, Even working together is that, you know, he's been doing this forever. He's been doing, have has, he's had his own practice since like the nineties. So there's certain ways that he's been doing things. And I, I'm not exactly a millennial, but I am more technological. So it's like, okay, why don't we, you know, do social media. And my family is one of those 
generations of you don't post things for everybody to see. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> we need to, like, that's what social media is. So there's been a learning curve, but it's also been really great for me because he's been my mentor. He's been doing this for so long. And in the world of accounting and tax, experience counts for a lot more than technical knowledge. So I've learned so much from him that to be perfectly honest, if I didn't have him to guide me, I would not be successful as a business owner because there's just too much to learn. And that's why most accountants don't just start their own practice. They either take over an existing practice or go the partner route because there's just so much to learn. Right. So that you, um, you can lean on the expertise of other people instead of trying to figure it all out on your own. Exactly. So if I don't know something, which I found out as despite the fact that I was a CA, there was so much I didn't know at the small business level. I had someone that I could ask that can guide me, that can show me where to look as opposed to trying to figure it out myself while also being a mom. You know, the time was a struggle for me to balance it all. Right. And so then how did it how did it work now that you were able to, so you didn't have the two hour commute anymore. So was it helped you to manage mom life in an easier way, would you say? So with my first son, I did take the traditional mat leave from the ministry. And so I didn't choose not to go back until that mat leave was over. So I didn't have to juggle anything with him and he started in daycare and it's really easy to balance work and personal life when you have no clients. Um, so I, or I didn't take over any of my dad's clients. I've been building my own book of business from the ground up. So balancing that was really easy with baby number one, because there wasn't a course, like a client load on my lap at that point, as I developed and networked and got a client base when I was pregnant, with baby number two was really the challenge. Um, you don't get a mat leave when you're self-employed and, it's so hard in my world to get clients. I could not tell them, okay, I'll deal with you a year from now, right? Like if they need something, if there's bookkeeping to be done or taxes to be filed, that has to be done or I would lose the client. So number two was really the struggle, but I'm very lucky that I have my in-laws and my parents were around. We all live like my in-laws literally lived down the street from me and my parents are a 15 minute drive. So I would basically pawn off the baby if I needed to do work. Um, a lot of the times, again, my dad being an accountant, I would ask him to do the work and then I would just take the calls with the clients going over their numbers. Um, and I would take Neil with me. I took him to networking events. He didn't go to the early years centers. He went to networking events with me. And that was great until he started, until he discovered his voice. Right. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if when he gets older, he um, becomes an entrepreneur himself after the early exposure to networking yeah, events. Yeah, it'll be ingrained on in him from day one. <laughs> For sure. Um Shalini, what would you say was the biggest lesson that you learned in doing the transition from employee to entrepreneur and trying to juggle the motherhood at the same time? I think the biggest learning lesson for me was that as much as I, to an extent, knew how to be an accountant, that did not translate to being an entrepreneur. 
being an entrepreneur is so much more than just your craft. I had to learn social media. I had to learn what networking even was. I didn't realize how much I didn't know until I started having to apply it. And that was the biggest thing. And the biggest comment I even get from my clients is that, yes, I know how to do my skill, I, what I was trained to do, but the rest of being an entrepreneur is a learning curve for sure. Yeah, because, you know, when you, I know for me, when I decided to become an entrepreneur, it was just, I'm going to get to do what I want to do on my own terms, but you're not really thinking about the marketing aspect and the social media and all that other stuff that comes along with being an entrepreneur. Right. That it's not just about. Yeah. Yeah. Getting clients. Right. Like when I worked at the firm, work was given to me. So all I had to do was apply my technical knowledge to the work that was given to me. And there were procedures and everything to follow. But now it's I have to a get the clients and then understand their needs and now develop my own policies and procedures to apply to them. So right. There's yeah. so much more to it. Definitely. It's definitely not something that um, I think comes naturally to people, even people who do come from entrepreneurial families. It's still something that you have to, to learn and adapt for yourself. Absolutely. And especially networking. I mean, networking in itself was a huge learning curve, especially coming from my background. Um, when I used to network, um, so when I was in university, the firms came to me or to the university campus to recruit us. And that networking experience was very hostile because there was only X number of seats at any given firm. So it was really aggressive, kind of tooting your own horn, corporate stuffy culture. Right. And then all of a sudden I started networking um, with fellow entrepreneurs and I very quickly learned and was told by a few mentors that that aggressive, strong personality that I needed in the corporate world would not work in this new environment. And once I kind of let go of that hard demeanor and no. forced myself in this professional shell and let my true nature actually come out. I became a lot more successful. But in the corporate world, you're expected to act and be a certain way. Yeah. And I think um, depending on your personality too, because I know for me, I'm a, an introvert at heart. And so um, networking was not something that I dove into excitedly. I, um, I think for the first year, maybe two years of my business, I you know, sat behind my computer. I wrote blog posts. I shared stuff on social media, but didn't actually go out and meet people and actively seek clients in that way. And um, decided to do my first workshop and struggled to get people to come out. And the event planner who worked with me to do this first event said to me, you know, you have to get out there and network with people because you're inviting them to something, but they don't know who you are and nobody's going to come to a party if they don't know who the host is. And I think that that, like her saying it in that way really connected with me and let me know that I had to put myself out there and meet with people because if I wanted them to come out to things, they had to have some sort of relationship with me before they were going to trust me in order to come out and do those things with me. Yeah. And being an introvert, networking is so challenging. I, 
I'm loud, but I'm an introvert. And a lot of people confuse the two because they think you're so loud. And (laughs) I happen to be good at public speaking or at least appear confident, but I'm really an introvert. I hate small talk. And that's what you need to do in networking. So even just, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and yeah, I would love to just put an event and have people show up, but yeah, no, I had to network and find different types of networking events to go to, which again, with a baby at home was hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny though, because you know, that you realize you soon realize that, you know, staying at home and playing with the dog, isn't going to get you where you want to be with your business. So you're going to have to, yeah, step outside your comfort zone and do things in ways that you never envisioned or imagined for yourself so that you can create that business that you want for yourself. Exactly. And it's just, like you said, it's, it's all, it's just a different, different experience than what I expected transitioning from an employee to entrepreneur. I mean, employee, you're working, you know, nine to six, seven o'clock, whatever it is in, in my world of audit, there was very long hours. I would often go into work dark and come home and everybody was asleep still. So, um, I had a little bit more flexibility in being an entrepreneur, but at the same time, because now it's your baby, your business, I find myself thinking about work a lot more. (laughs) I'm always thinking, Oh, I need to do that social media post or I should go engaged or whatever. Um, and so you get a little bit of the mom guilt because I would have the baby and be like nursing him while being on social media, doing networking. And, you know, everyone's like, take the time to enjoy it. Why are you networking? Why are you doing all this? I'm like, well, that's my baby too. I need to make sure that it survives this new role as well. Right. Yeah. So that's, that then becomes the struggle of balancing the two and not feeling that guilt that you're not giving enough attention to one or the other. Exactly. And that, that was a challenge too you know, dropping him off to grandma's. I, I can honestly say with, because with my older one, Nikhil, I took a regular standard mat leave. There were play dates. We went to the earlier centers. There were, you know, I played books and puzzles. I did a lot more with him. With Neil, my second, he kind of was raised by grandparents to be truthful. I didn't do nearly any of that. He's never even stepped foot in an earlier center. He's never gone to a baby and me class. It was a very different upbringing that he had. Right. Because your situation is different now. Yeah. I had him when I had clients and I didn't get a mat leave or, you know, like I said, I would lose the clients if I just said, I'll see you in a year. Right. Yeah. It's just not um, doable. Shalini, what's your relationship like with your dad now that you guys are working together? you find that it's brought you closer? It definitely has brought us closer. Um, so I actually work with both my dad and my mom. My parents both work together. My mom runs our financial planning business. Ah, okay. Um, so it is truly a family business because we do taxes and financial planning, but I see them more. Like when I work downtown Monday to Friday, I wouldn't see them. And then weekends, you do have your own social life with your own friends. So while I would make the obligatory phone call to my parents probably daily. Now I see them more and I'm closer to them. Right. And because I need them for my children, they have a really close relationship with my kids too. So it's really made our family more connected 
then I think what we would have had and what I even see some of my friends who do the traditional nine to five with daycare, the lifestyle is totally different. Yeah. So I'm really closer to my dad. We still butt heads. Don't get me wrong. Of course. But um, he has also, I think in the beginning, there's obviously a trust factor of, you know, you're new to this. You need to take my guidance and learn from my mistakes. And then he also kind of realized that I need to perhaps learn some of these mistakes my own way, the hard way. Cause I can't always take his yeah. word for it. And just because it didn't work for him doesn't mean it's not going to work for me. Um, so he's really let me take Darna CPA and run with it. And so certain things that he would never have thought to do, for example, like the public speaking engagements, public speaking is not his thing. He's never once said, no, I don't think you should do that. Even if I don't get paid for it, or I don't um, get a client from it, I personally love doing it. And he's really seen right. I think, me grow and develop because of the business. Um, and so now I get a lot more autonomy of how to do things, bringing in my own ideas of what to do with Darna CPA. Um, so it's definitely made us closer and it's made in general, our entire family function more like a family because we're seeing a lot more of each other. Right. So that's, um, I guess, icing on the cake really, because it wasn't something that you necessarily expected to come from it, but it's evolved into that. Exactly. I'm, I'm so grateful that my children are going to have so many more memories with their grandparents even if it's because I have to drop them off so I can go to a networking event, right? <laughs> like that's something that right. would not have necessarily happened if I had done the traditional work-life routine. Right. And I think that um, like that exposure to grandparents is something that, you know, you take for granted when it's available to you. But for so many, whether it's because they've already passed or because they live in another part of the world, it's... Um, it's definitely a blessing to be able to interact with grandparents at any age. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Shalini, what advice would you give to somebody who's struggling with, um, I guess, motherhood and trying to find that work-life balance and isn't quite sure what the right thing is to do? So the best advice that was ever given to me by a fellow mom entrepreneur was that your kids are only going to be little once, but your business will always be there to grow and develop. And I, when, when I was pregnant and they told me this, I didn't really understand that. But once I had the baby and the business was there, um, I really appreciated the fact that it's okay for your business to grow slowly and maybe even more organically than to rush and try to build something and sacrifice the family life, which is really probably why you became an entrepreneur in the first place. Right. So just to recognize that, especially when your kids are little, I mean, when they're teenagers doing their own thing, it's a little bit different, but if you have small children, that's the time they really need mom and so you can still grow your business. You can still do things without having to sacrifice it all, but also to ask for help. I could not have done as much as I did without help. And whether that's grandparents, as in my case, or paying someone to come and be a babysitter so that you can go on those calls or do what you need to do 
or even investing in a housekeeper so that you can spend time with the kids instead of cleaning your house. Whatever that looks like for you, make that investment. Even if finances are a little bit tight, you will appreciate it later. Yeah, I think that um, asking for help has got to be one of the big things, no matter where you are in your life, because I think that especially as women, we struggle with that a lot because we're the ones typically providing help and offering help that when we are in a position where we need help ourselves, we struggle with it because we don't want to be a burden to anyone else. But I think that when you can ask for that help and realize that it is going to lighten your load and allow you to really focus on the things that are important to you, it makes it a lot easier to, to ask for that help and be comfortable and okay with it. And even if you like, depending on what that help looks like, I go to a lot of women only networking events and just the support that I have received from other women entrepreneurs that have either been where I am or going through the journey at the same time, that camaraderie and that support is also so important because oftentimes when you're an entrepreneur, you feel like you're all alone, especially if you don't have friends on the same journey. None of my friends, my core friends are entrepreneurs. So they really didn't understand what I was doing um, or any of the struggles. but Or why you were doing it in the first place. Yeah, because they chose to do the commute and the two-hour commutes and the daycares and the those things, right? So they don't really resonate with why I didn't choose to do the same things. But when I started networking and found other entrepreneurs who were sometimes had kids the same age or even younger, we were supportive of each other to the point where like sometimes even helping each other out with childcare or, you know, working, doing a play date so that the kids are entertained and then we can get some work done. It just, the support within the women networking groups is amazing. Yeah. And I think that that's why um, it is so important to to expand your network and connect with um, people who do understand you and get you, especially if your inner circle, like you said, doesn't get it because that's not what they're experiencing. You need to connect with people who do, who can empathize and um, understand in a meaningful way and be able to either offer help themselves or point you in the right direction so that you can get the help you need. Exactly. Um, Shalini, any last thoughts, any, anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Don't be scared. I mean, it, the entrepreneurial journey and transitioning from a steady paycheck to running your own business can be very overwhelming. But like I said, ask for help, join the networking groups. You will find so much support and resources out there as long as you're willing to take the time to ask and to ask the questions that you need to help your journey. But looking back now, I, I a, couldn't go back to working for somebody else after being my own boss, but the, the path that I've chosen within Darna CPA brings me so much inner joy, especially when I help with financial literacy for women that don't get either they come from abusive relationships or, you know, weren't empowered to make those decisions, it has been so fulfilling. So if being an entrepreneur is something that is on your radar, but you're scared, feel free to reach out and, and we can have a conversation of how to make that a reality for you. Yeah. I think that's great advice because, um, 
at the end of the day, the things I feel like that are most meaningful to us, they they take a lot of work. They take a lot of commitment, but it's well worth it once you once you put in that effort. And I feel like when you take those leaps of faith, like when you decide that you want to start your own business and you actually start taking the steps to make it happen, that the universe will conspire with you to make those dreams a reality, right? I think that sometimes you just need to truly make that commitment to doing the things that you really want to do and things will start to fall in place and align in a way that they never did when you were just talking about it or thinking about it. But once you take that decisive action and really start to get the ball rolling, that things start to to come together in ways that you never really even imagined. Exactly. And and the roller coaster ride, and it will be a roller coaster ride. Um, you grow and develop and just learn so much about yourself too. Yeah. And I think that's um that's the beautiful piece of it, right? Is that you're not just growing your business, but you're you you yourself are growing as well and learning more about yourself and what your capabilities and abilities are so that you can do your best and be at your best at all times. Exactly. Shalini, thank you so much for um, taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, For my listeners out there, you can check in the show notes and you'll be able to find ways to connect with Shalini and learn more about what she does and the services that she offers. Again, Shalini, thanks so much for your time. And to the listeners, I will see you soon. Take care.